What's up, football fans? Welcome to Role Models, the number one fantasy football podcast for the Andrew Luck Retirement League. I'm your host, Chip Satterfield, joined by my co-host, Brian Wolf. How's it going, everyone? I hope uh, hope everyone had a good week. Uh, it was... Uh... It was it was an equalizing week for the league. There's no more undefeated teams, and everyone's looking pretty good. So, uh, so we're gonna be uh, talking about that uh, among other things this episode. And uh, one of the main segments we're gonna be talking about is you know going into the mindset of uh, Chip and I, like what we look for when we're building our teams and when we're on on draft day and when we're up to pick. So uh, maybe we can drop a little. Drop a little knowledge on some people if they ever had uh, some questions about uh, who to pick. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. All right, so a little bit of news from the Andrew Luck Retirement League. First off, Allie is actually the tight end whisperer. She asked and she received her freaking tight end after she nicknamed him Score a Point Jesus. Scored a 50-yard touchdown. Whatever, Allie. I still won. I still won. But it hurt. Time of, I saw it, and I peed myself a little bit. I was I was nervous. Dude, I feel like that's just the Eric Ebron special. He just he doesn't get a lot of yards, but he gets the touches that count. So, like, yeah. Woodley, she got points. She got 12 points out of a tight end that had one reception for 50 yards and a touchdown it's like you you can't get much more productive than that no no it was it was frustrating to play against for sure and it made me a lot more uncomfortable uh with the lead that i had at that point but came through in the end oh yeah next bit of news there are no more undefeated teams both chris and tony took an l this week and that's good for the league oh yeah that's some great news i mean Brendan got on the board, knocking off Tony, which felt so good. So, so good to see that. After Tony put up 160 on me the week before, then put up 90 the next. Like, I like seeing that. So, yeah, it's uh, some people who thought they were out of it. I know, I know Dan was feeling a little down on his team. Obviously, Brendan being 0-3, that's not a great spot. Or 0-2, that's not a great spot you want to be. So, like, yeah, it's it's looking competitive. I like it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Last place, I mean, both Brendan and AJ got a win. So the last place could be tied for first in two weeks, which is pretty spectacular. I mean, it keeps it competitive, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you always want to always want to see that competitiveness makes people uh, makes people feel a little more involved, I feel like when it comes later on the season. For sure. For sure. Another piece of news. Allie and I made a trade. Um, I traded four pieces away for Josh Jacobs, the rookie running back in Oakland. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm the one who offered the trade, so I must have been feeling good about it time of. But four pieces for one kind of felt bad. And I traded her. The one that I really kind of regret, I think, is Terry McLaurin, the rookie wide receiver for the Redskins. Uh, yeah, he's I was blown up. Yeah, I was kind of surprised you uh, shuffled him off. I mean, I see what you were doing and it made sense, but I was like, wow, he he really was just uh, throwing everything in there. 
Yeah, I'm honestly a little bit nervous for my running backs uh, and my lack of depth that I had. So I yeah. traded for depth and I got it and an empty bench. Yeah. And as a result, I overspent on Ronald Jones, spending $30 on a guy that I trashed just last week. Yeah, it uh, it feels bad. But I think, I think you might get some value out of him. But yeah, I guess we'll see how things go. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping for some value. I I think it'll be a legit flex play. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Um, moving on to the last section. There's uh there's some recent developments going on as of uh, Friday. Um, there's a maybe a little possible collusion with uh, Mitch and Peter. Mitch is over here trying to uh, uh, sell some wins, as some would say. So uh, that's a an interesting development. I. Uh, I don't know if I would uh, necessarily accept the offer of moldy toast, but, you know, to each his own. Dude, you are the commissioner. You have to step in and squash this. I mean, Dude, you, I know. You're, running, you're running a league with collusion? I mean, what's going on? I'm thinking it's a little bit more of a, not collusion, but just like some, some light bantering is what I see it as right now. Once mm-hmm. the toast thing was thrown in there, I kind of thought it was uh, just something to let slide. But if it does come to fruition that uh, someone throws a week and there were some uh, whispers from the bushes of uh, of money being traded, there's a uh, will be uh, you got to pay the piper on that one. All I'm saying is you need to keep your eye on Mitch's Venmo account. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, gonna be watching that like a hawk this weekend. Perfect. So for this week's segment, we're taking you into our minds. Scary places. I Terrifying. Know. Terrifying. Terrifying. But we're constantly thinking about fantasy football, so maybe useful in this aspect. So talking about drafting or possibly picking up off the waiver, a quarterback. I, when I'm going in the draft, look for a late-round value. Streaming quarterbacks is a very viable option, normally a top-tier uh, quarterback is on the waiver wire week to week and you never really know who's going to be I mean the number seven quarterback right now is Matt Stafford after four weeks who would have saw that coming obviously no one in our league because he's still on the waiver wire <laughs> yeah it's uh that's for sure I mean similar to you love going for the late rounders um, more specifically I like the quarterbacks that have that running potential in them so like that's why I went for Josh Allen, and I'm sure that's why um, you went for Baltimore's quarterback, Lamar. And another one, too, that also likes to run is Russell Wilson. Now, granted, he never gets that late, and after the record-setting season he's having so far, he probably won't end up late next year either. But if you ever see him slip, he's always a good one to go for because when you get a quarterback that runs, you get so many more points. So, And plus, if you take him late, you just drop them and you stream the rest of the year. So really no no pain when it comes to that draft capital. Yeah, we agree on quarterbacks. We also agree on running backs. So you want to explain that one? Yeah, for sure. So Chip and I both like the strategy of hitting the hitting the draft hard and heavy with running backs. So him and I usually go first two or three rounds of studly top-tier running backs because you need to have that depth. Running backs go down left and right all season. 
and their backups aren't always that good. So you really need to have that base. And you could ask Brendan. Brendan was struggling until he got Gallman. And it's just something that for the past few seasons we've been seeing that having a having a base of running backs gets you through the year all the way through. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, when I'm targeting running backs, the top tier guys are easy to pick. But I also want to look for workhorse backs. So the guys who get the lion's share of the snaps and work. And if I am taking a guy in a timeshare, I want the pass catcher because he gets half a point per reception. That's the scoring format. So I usually go for the pass catcher over like the bruiser who might get a touchdown week to week. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. All right. Now here's where we split a little bit with wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I like to hold a mix of target share and pop-off potential. So I usually go for the quicksters. Uh, Think Marquise Brown or Will Fuller for the weeks where they absolutely bury my opponent and get like 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, contrary to your belief of for the pop-off potential, I'm more of the steady-as-it-goes kind of guy. I love me some Robert Woods, some Julian Edelman, um, even Nelson Aguilar. So those guys don't usually get touchdowns on a week-to-week basis, but they usually end up getting, you know, six, seven, eight receptions, which is still plenty of yards. So I like going with that. I like knowing I have a pretty steady base, and I try to limit how many players I get that have that pop off slash fall off potential like i got josh gordon but if you guys have seen me i really haven't played him that much because he's very very matchup dependent and i can't rely on him to have seven or eight targets a game he usually gets two or three so that's my take on that yeah moving on to tight ends i think a viable option is zero tight end kind of like how some people talk about in drafting that you go zero rb and you just take late round flyers on your running backs we don't love that but i think it's a viable option for tight ends i mean if you look at the last two years kittle george kittle went undrafted last year he was a top three guy this year but this year andrews disley and waller in a lot of leagues went undrafted not in ours disley did but they're week-to-week plug-and-play guys now. So I think you can just take late-round flyers on guys, and if they don't work out, they don't work out. Tight end's usually not that great of a position anyway. Yeah, it's like I I personally don't see the value in taking an early tight end where I could get my first wide receiver or my third studly running back. Like this, I've used this strategy for the past two years. So I got Kittle last year in the 12th round and I got Andrews this year in the 11th both were super late round picks so it's like hey if they bust meh not too much skin off me but both of them ended up being just dimes with um, Andrews being the third tight end this year and I think like you said Kittle ending number two last year so really it's like it's a crapshoot and I feel more of a throw of a dice if you take a tight end early yeah, especially because if you look like at Ertz, he hasn't produced this year, and he was taken in like the fourth, fifth round, so mm-hmm. it doesn't work out for early tight end sometimes. All right, yeah. so looking at the flex position week to week, I want since we have two flex in this league, I want both a 
running back and a wideout that will be serviceable week to week. So looking at the draft, I want somebody who I can plug into the starting lineup week in and week out, and they also cover my bye weeks for the guys that I drafted before them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That actually brings up a great point. I didn't even think of like I do get my flex players, like you said, to cover to cover those lean weeks, especially like the week six and seven and eight where like four or five teams are on by like you. You got to have some some scabs to fill in those spots. Now, for me personally, I like to go to running backs in the flex if I can. Um, Again, it's just like a sense of having that safety, having that like, all right, I know that both of these guys will probably get anywhere between five to 10 carries that should result in about seven to who knows how many points depending on the week. So I like to go with that. But if I'm down, let's say 20 or more going into that game and I have a toss up between a running back and wide receiver, I go with the wide receiver because I know they have the better potential of popping off over running back. So it's really, for me, a very situational dependency where it depend, like I said, where it depends on what you need at that time. So flex is always flex is good in that way. All right, moving on to defense. I know we both kind of agree we like to stream, but we pick our streaming targets in sort of different ways. So mm-hmm. I usually look at the highest rated defenses going into the season from Pro Football Focus, a website that I like to go and read up on every once in a while. And for the most part, those defenses go way overdrafted. I mean, they're disappearing in the seven and eight rounds, and I don't like taking defenses there. So I normally end up streaming a defense. Uh, this year, it happened to be the Patriots on the waiver wire, and I just scooped them right up, which was unreal because right now they're outscoring most players just straight up, which is yeah. wild for a defense. I saw that literally when it comes to fantasy options and top fantasy scores out of all positions, including quarterbacks and running backs, the New England defense is like number eight overall, which is redonkulous. Like to to put in perspective, the New England defense has more points this season than Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb has blown up the past three weeks. Like it's just bonkers. How could they've been doing? Yeah, I think somebody dropped the Patriots. I think they went drafted, but somebody dropped them. I saw them on the waiver wire because they had a bad matchup, and I said, eh, whatever. I think it was the Baltimore week, and so I just took a shot on it because I have Lamar. So it doesn't really hurt me if Lamar pops off and the defense does bad. So I Mm kind of hedged my bets there, and it's worked out for me so far. Yeah, I mean, I was the one who dropped them because, like you said, I didn't like the matchup, and... I will go into that in a second here because that's my point. Um, so what I like to do, um, contrary to what Chip does, I like to stream defenses that play terrible teams like the Dolphins, Jets, and other offenses that are in the bottom three quarters of the NFL. Now, you may think to yourself, okay, that only leaves like six teams you can target on a weekly basis, and we have 12 people in our league. Okay, well there's always about a 50-50 chance that one of those defenses is going to be on waivers. So 
I just like doing it that way. It gets you the most points. It gives you the most potential to have monster weeks. And I think I picked up. Oh, shoot. Who do I have this week? I have the Bills because um, the Bills have some pretty questionable teams they're going up against for the next couple weeks. So, yeah, I just hold on to the value in that way. Yeah, I think that's a very viable option. When I'm streaming, I don't have a plug and play. I usually go for a more defensive minded head coach, uh, i.e., the Vikings or the Titans, because they like using their defense or the Jags. Usually the Jags aren't on the waiver wire, but. That's who I target just because they like to use their defense to keep them in the games, which means they usually have a decent amount of points or they won't get you negative points. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, guys, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Wolfie, you have any uh, words of wisdom? Uh, yeah. So uh, if you guys are thinking of colluding, maybe don't put it in the group chat. It makes it pretty easy to see. Um but for but for real, for real. Um, everyone just have fun this weekend and uh, keep an eye on those waiver wires as people come back from injury and as people go into bye weeks, some juicy targets might be dropped out on there. So just keep an eye on that and make some good choices out there.